This is episode six of the Joy in Failure podcast. Hello and welcome to the Joy in Failure podcast. I'm your host, Joy Doyin Ogunea, and I created this Joycast to help you navigate life's failures more easily. My intention is to make failing less taboo and more fun. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. It's me. Welcome, welcome, welcome again. I'm super, super stoked about this episode, you guys. I'm so excited to share this with you. It's my first interview. Yay! I know with someone else other than me, right? I'm sure you guys have gotten tired of hearing me speak. I'm just so excited, though, to be able to share this person with you. Um, she's a friend of mine. Her name is Bissy McGregor. Super, super fantastic soul amazing human being and I'm so fortunate to call her a friend. She's a TEDx speaker, life coach, trainer, as well as a boss lady at L'Oreal with a mission to empower professional women to break the mold in their lives and their businesses so that they can live out their true essence and their true selves. In this episode, you get to eavesdrop on a transparent conversation between two friends on our life lessons, as well as our perceived failures. I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did having this conversation. In the show notes, I'll put um, Bissy's info, her information. So definitely check her out. You'll absolutely love her and find so much of her content extremely, extremely valuable. Um, Okay, so let's get to the show. Hello. Hi, BC. Hi. <laughs> Anyone, anything is fine. <laughs> Whatever you call me. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm fantastic. How are you? Good. Um, so yeah, so let's get to the show. I'm really excited to talk to you today and share your valuable insights. Um, the funny thing is, I remember, I'm just trying to think back as to how we met and when we met. Um, I remember, even though, yes, we both worked at L'Oreal, yeah. but the funny thing is, I know our mutual friend, Bola, had yeah. told me that, oh, she ha- she knows someone who works at L'Oreal, and yes. that was ages ago, yes. before I started working at L'Oreal again. Yes. And um, so we, she had told me about you, so I kind of knew about you, um, but how we met was we were at the park and ride, and I remember, I think I was, we were coming out the elevator. Yes. <laughs> And you came up to me and you're like, hi, you know, are you Bola's friend? I'm like, yes. And then that's how we met. And um, the funny thing is the next, either the next day or maybe the next week, we met for coffee and it just felt so good. Exactly. Like it felt so aligning. It felt like finally I had found someone that I could connect with. Someone who got me, someone who was so obsessed with self-development as I was. Um, so it's been such a pleasure. So delightful knowing you and I can't wait to share your goodness with the world. So I'm so happy that you, you agreed to be on this show on Yes. Yes. (laughs) So excited to it. I felt the same way. The connection was natural. It just flowed. I mean, I was so... Anytime we met for coffee and even breakfast, I was just yeah. elated. Yeah. You know, Aww. during and after. It was just awesome. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Okay. So um, let's get to it. Um, the first thing I wanted to ask you or would love to know more is basically how did you get to where you are today? Hmm. As a life coach, I would imagine you're asking mm-hmm. this space of life coaching. Well, I'll say, oh, goodness gracious. I'll say life is what got me here. Ups and downs, the roller coaster of life. Um, I had gone through a divorce. Um, I had gone to taken on an international assignment with L'Oreal, which I considered or they considered a failure. So I considered it a failure. Came back to the United States and um, almost losing my home. So everything was happening at the same time. Mm. So it was basically a time where life just said, you know, I was up against the wall is what it was. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, what do you want to do now? Where are you going to go now? You know, and it was that moment where I had to self-reflect. What is it that my soul calls for? Mm-hmm. Truly, truly. You know, so I ended up um, attending a meditation center just to go be and be able to just get still and hear me. And I ran into Rhonda Britton, who's the founder of Fearless Living Institute. And I knew as soon as she, I saw her talk, I knew I said, whatever it is this woman is selling, I'm going to shadow her. 
because I knew for years that I wanted to be in the space of personal development, but I never had a name for it. Mm. I never had a name for it. So, and that was it. Once I talked to Rhonda, I signed up a year, essentially went back to school for a year, got certified as a life coach, and then went back and got certified as a trainer. And mm. voila, I am here changing lives and I love it. Goodness, that's amazing. And so how would you, what really helped you along the way to see failure? As you said, everyone else around you saw it as a failure. I'm sure you saw it as a failure as well. Like, how did you um, overcome that definition of failure? So it was a lot of, um, it wasn't instant, that's for sure. It was a lot of inner work. And the great thing about this program I attended was the first three months was nothing but personal work. So I had a personal coach. I had to have a coach. I had a coach and it was in those discussions and just conversations and the work and the homework I would do is where it says, so wait a minute, was it truly failure? What is failure? Mm -hmm. Okay. So your marriage didn't work out and I was hung up on, no, my marriage failed. Therefore, I cannot move forward. My marriage failed. Therefore, I cannot love anymore. Therefore, I cannot be loved anymore. My marriage failed. So it's almost like um, a faucet where the, the source of the water into the pipes, I just blocked it because I said it's failed. So there's no point to, to reinstate that. It's just mm -hmm. gone. You know, so in those discussions, one of the biggest learnings was um, compassion. Mm -hmm. That was, I mean, if I, that was one of the biggest learnings, just and hardest thing also. Compassion for who? Compassion, compassion for myself. Mm. It seemed like it was much easier for me to have compassion for other people. So, I mean, when I talk about my marriage, I was able to say, oh, my ex-husband, you know, he was okay. I mean, it didn't, you know, it didn't, it didn't work out for him. It was okay. But when it came to me, it was like, oh no, I messed it up. Mm. I couldn't give myself a break. So compassion was one of the hardest things I learned. And one of the things that really helped me along the way, you know, and not only in the marriage, at the job too. You know, I said I, I took on the international assignment. And when I came back, it was a case of the business didn't do well. And from the from the business's standpoint, it was, oh, you guys, we sent out there failed, period. So I just walked around in New York City in our building, head down in shame, feeling like a failure and kind of waiting for them to do something to right this wrong. Until I started to have some bit of compassion for myself and said, wait, 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 Missy, hold up. You went from manufacturing to the business side. You went from America to Africa. You also went from luxury division to consumer division without any help or support in Nigeria. You did the best you could with the tools you had at that time. Only then was I able to kind of create this space to kind of move forward, if that makes sense. And that's what compassion does. That's what it does for me. That's what it, that's what it affords us. Otherwise, I'm spinning and just in that, oh God, you know, I failed, you know, I'm stupid. I should have done this this way. I should have asked for this. No, I did the best I could with the tools I had at the time. And then you get out of that cycle into a more productive and expansive state. You know, mm -hmm. does that make sense? Yes, yeah. that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. So for you then, how, before, you know, post, you know, pre, um, your life coaching and pre, pre your epiphany, mm -hmm. I guess that's like the better word to say, how did you define failure? Like what did failing mean to you? What did mm -hmm. failure mean to you? Failure meant <laughs> failure meant I um, wasn't walking. I wasn't walking the way I was supposed to walk in quotes. So for, for, for as long as I could remember, there's always a mold to fit in with my kind of background, cultural background. It's at a certain age, you ought to be married, 
with blah X amount of children at a certain age, you ought to be checked done with school, whether it's your first degree or your um, MBA, whatever it is, graduate degree. So there are these molds. So back then for me, failure was if I wasn't able to check those checkboxes, if I wasn't able to fit into those molds. And for years, the truth is I couldn't fit into those molds. They weren't for me. They were passed down by society. It was inherited. It was just created. Hmm. So I couldn't fit in. So those were all failures. If I couldn't check that box, they were failures. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then what, that's like, that's super profound because it did, it makes so, so much sense because I know your one thing that you're doing now is teaching women how to break the mold. Yes. So can you go further and explain what that means, break the mold, and how can we mm-hmm. break the mold of how we see things, you know, in life right now? Mm-hmm. So, yes, I'm deeply, deeply passionate about women um, and professional women about breaking the mold in their lives just because... For me, once I broke the mold, I was able to tap into the essence of me, who I was, and, and give myself permission to operate out of that space. And it is so joyful and powerful mm. that it's just, it's, it can be overwhelming, but in a very good way. Yeah. You know, so what I teach is kind of understanding what your quote unquote mold is. Or even having the awareness that there is a mold that you're trying to fit in. Because people are going, just going day in, day out on autopilot and just checking the checkbox. Mm-hmm. And they have no idea that they're trying to fit into this mold. It's just not there. It's like a triangle mold in your circle. Mm. You know, you're trying hard and hard and hard. So, And I teach this with different tools. I mean, compassion is one of them. You know, because... We also get into the cycle of sometimes when we do find that, oh, I can't fit into the mold. Then there's this space, of, there's this thing of, oh, you know, I, I failed. Again, it's, a, it's another, I failed. Or not forgiving yourself, just mm-hmm. hanging on to, oh, I wish I'd known 10 years ago that I was a circle trying to fit in a triangle. Mm-hmm. And so it's me helping you to move out of that space. And let that go and move forward. What would you do now knowing that you have no mold Mm. or you can cast your own mold as you want? Change it tomorrow if you want, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that's exciting because it, for me, what I'm hearing is it gives us the power to know that we've had it all along. Like we're the creators. We're the ones who create the mold. Yes. Right. So you're right. It's, I am just like picturing a square trying to fit into a rectangle or trying to fit into a triangle. And that's what we've done um, forever. Right. Like that's kind of how we were raised. And I think it's one thing that you talk about, which I I deeply resonate with is compassion. And I think, yes, Mm -hmm. compassion for ourselves, but also compassion for others. Right. So because we can look back and say, well, you know, we grew up this way. Our parents did X, Y, Z. If they had. But the truth is, if they knew better, they would have done better. Like we know what we know now because of all the things we've had to go through. So to me, just like you, it's failure is information. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's telling me something. Yes. It's really what do I do with this and how do I use this to create the yeah. mold that I want in my life yeah. to create the life that I want. Yeah. I have the power, yeah. right? And I should have compassion for myself and for others, yeah, you know, along the way. Yeah, along the way for sure. I mean, you touch on a very, very good point of parents and the impact they have on our lives. It's so, it's so deep that sometimes mm-hmm. we don't really know. We kind of skirt around the issue or we're not aware how, how deep this hold is that our parents have on us. And it did come to a point where I had to, you know, I kept fighting this whole, well, this is how I was brought up. And it's like, well, why did they bring me up this way? You know, there was a a lash out of anger even to them. Mm -hmm. And at one point I had to, okay, you know, step back. If they knew they did the best Mm -hmm. they could with the tools they had Mm -hmm. and the resources, Mm -hmm. what can we do now? 
with that information. Yeah. You know, compassion is being able to that willingness to be able to see someone else or see yourself as innocent. Mm. Just that. I mean, you look at a child and when they do something, a lot of times we give them a pass. Why? Because you say, Oh, they're so innocent. And it's, and it's, that's something we want to practice as adults. How can we see people as innocent and see ourselves as innocent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. Cause it makes me think of, I think one thing we tend to do is say, well, they should have known better. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like the, the shoulda, coulda, yeah. they should have known better. Yeah. And another thing that I'm thinking of is when we resist feeling compassion for others or yeah. giving compassion to others, yeah. that just tells me that we tend to resist it for ourselves as well. Absolutely. Right. We're even more, we're even harder on ourselves than we are towards others. Yeah. Right. So it's this idea of how do we treat ourselves like we would a friend? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I would say change starts with you. Mm -hmm. It begins with you. Um, The compassion begins with you. Mm -hmm. You got to gift yourself that because to the extent that you gift yourself, compassion is, is the extent you can give it to somebody Mm -hmm. else. Period. If you can't give yourself compassion to a level five, you're not doling it out at a level eight to yeah. someone else. It's just, it's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. So it's practicing it with yourself first. You know, mm. where does the change start? Starts with the man in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's with you. It's yeah. With you. Yeah. I, 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 Completely agree. Completely, solely agree on that. I think also one thing that, and this is something that I've of observed in myself and in others yeah. is that we have a tendency to be scared to go deep. Mm. Right. So, yeah. and I think it's easier and I will definitely want to touch on this, this idea, which you wrote so eloquently an article on this idea of, you know, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think a lot of people find it so uncomfortable yeah. going deep. A lot yes. of people find it so uncomfortable to even go do the inner work and truly ask those questions. Why do I see it like this? How do I, it is. It's scary. Cause you're, you're challenging what you've always known. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it is scary. What would I find? Mm -hmm. If I peel that layer, what will I find? And I am not armed to deal with it because I've not been brought up to ask myself those type of questions. Mm. Oh, that's scary. We're not going to go there. Because at the end of the day, and this is where fear comes in. At the end of the day, fear has one job. One job only. And it just wants to keep you safe. Safe from feeling unapproved, unaccepted, or misunderstood. So if there is a chance that when you peel that layer, you might encounter that feeling of being unapproved or unaccepted. Oh, we're not. We're not going there. It's scary. It is scary. Mm-hmm. It's a deep black hole that we, we have no clue what's there. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. We have yeah. no clue what's there. And it's in, that's fear. It's fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Fear wants to keep you in what you know. Mm-hmm. That's it. It just wants to keep you in what you know. Mm-hmm. But there's so much gold nuggets and reward and fulfillment when you can go deeper, as you know. Yes. Yes. There's so much more there. So much. And it's, it's, also being willing to be wrong. Yes. Which goes back to the idea of, oh, I don't want to fail yes. because I don't want to say that I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just curious to ask, like, what is this idea? What do you think of this idea of why we're so scared to be wrong? And it could lead maybe to approval, which is also something you touched yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. But why? So again, why? Yeah, to your, I mean, I think you said it to that feeling of feeling, um, to that point of feeling unapproved. And also growing up, it's always about being right. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, you did that. That's wrong, hon. You got to do it this way. This is the right way. So growing up, it's always we're showing our children. We've been shown. No, 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 that's wrong. This is the right way. Mm-hmm. So truly, truly, who wants to go into something where there's a possibility that I just might be wrong? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But the crazy thing is, which I feel is this endless pursuit, which is what you're saying, that endless pursuit 
you know, for approval. Yeah. And I always say I'm a recovering um, people pleaser. Yeah. I still find myself yeah. thinking of what people think, yeah. but always constantly having to remind myself that I cannot please everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So what is wrong? And it's something I always bring up to my mom is what is wrong for someone is right for someone. Yes. What is right for someone is wrong for someone. So there isn't any right or wrong right. that is universal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why do we chase mm-hmm. this idea of right or wrong? And to your point, it's it's like culture shock, right? Where we've been taught a certain language yeah. and then we're put in a place yeah. <laughs> that we don't speak the language yeah. and we just want to get out. Yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> just try to understand yeah. the language. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So what helps you remind yourself to check back in with yourself mm-hmm. that, you know, what's wrong for someone may be right for someone. What's right for someone may be wrong for someone. I think oh, that's a f- fantastic question. I think one thing that helps me deeply is knowing that the, my compass yeah. is what's right for me. Mm, yes. So it's irrelevant what's right for someone versus another. Mm-hmm. The question is what's right for me. Mm-hmm. And for me, I call that intuition. And for me, for me, intuition is God's voice. Yeah. And I feel we all know it. Yes. We all know what is right for us, yeah. but we want to live in other people's molds. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it still goes back to what did we define as good, what it define as bad, yes. what we define as success, yes. what we define as failure. Yes. And that's not our definition. Mm-hmm. That's what other people have told us Mm -hmm. versus really saying what is right for me. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing, it's not good or bad. Mm -hmm. It's just, this is right for me. Right. And this might not be right for the next person, but this is what's right for me. And it kind of goes back to also, what is my value? Like, what do I deeply want? Right. Like what is, what is at the heart of it all? Yes. What makes me happy? What makes me tick? What, yes. what lights me up? Yes. That's what it all comes down to. Because for me, my goal is to live a joyful life no matter what. Yes. Right? So that is my compass. Mm-hmm. And if that's what my intuition is telling me, that that's what I'm on this earth to do, to yes. truly be happy yes. and live that joyful life, no matter what circumstances I encounter, then for me, that's how I'm able to always remind myself and go back because yeah. I just hold on to that as my compass yeah. Yeah. to tell me, well, I'm going in the right direction because yeah. this feels good. I'm going in the right direction. And when I say it feels good, doesn't mean it doesn't feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's this expansive feeling yes. that I feel yeah. when I know I'm onto something that's going to be absolutely magical. So I allow my intuition to speak to me. And I, I, I try to be quiet enough to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I totally love that because that's what that's what I liken to tapping into the essence of you mm-hmm. and the essence of you. I mean, to your point, you know it, mm-hmm. but it's just been buried under all this gunk years mm-hmm. of just crap and mm-hmm. all this teachings. And we need to unlearn that and just take out all the, the garbage mm-hmm. and let our essence kind of show forth and let our deepest desire guide us. And that's exactly what you're talking about. You want to live a joyful, that's your intention. You want to just show joyful, Mm -hmm. irrespective of whose mold is around. Yeah. 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 And I know it is challenging, right? Especially in the corporate world world. And I think it's, it's challenging anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I've, um, as you know, had my career in the corporate world from finance to beauty. Now I'm a wanderer, still trying to figure it out. Um, But I've had that, I've always had to remind myself that am I staying true to myself? And it makes people uncomfortable. It has, it makes people uncomfortable because I get comments like, okay, why are you so happy? Why are you always so joyful? Why you always see the positive side in things? (laughs) I get that, right? And, but I then have compassion for them to know that they're saying that because that's what they know. Right. It's, it's uncomfortable for someone to live their essence. If you're not living your essence. Yep. So it's funny because I look at you and you just ooze your essence, right? And you have this natural, oh, thank you. (laughs) You have this natural confidence that is so powerful. And I remember, and I think I told you this, your TED talk at L'Oreal, like literally brought me to tears. Like, yes, I cry a lot, but that 
that literally brought me to tears because I remember watching that. And as I said, I said that too, you just ooze it. And it's so beautiful to see because it's inspiring, right? Because yes. when I look at you, I want to be more of me mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And that's what living out of your essence also does for people. It gives people permission mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we're, you said it, when we're in the presence of one another, I mean, do you really want to be less joyful? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like, oh gosh, I'm in front of Bissy. Let me kind of bring it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. No, Mm -hmm. you, you want to be all out. Mm -hmm. So you being you living out of your essence, give someone else permission to be them. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. There may be an unfolding that has to happen Mm -hmm. for them, but eventually does. Mm -hmm. It gives them the permission to at least start taking the step. Mm -hmm. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I find, and I'm sure most people do is I think, and this is, I think this, this is a fear that I had where I felt, well, people wouldn't like me anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Like people, I wouldn't be liked mm-hmm. because I rub people the wrong way. I'm making you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have a friend. Mm-hmm. Like no one would be my friend. No one would want to talk to me. No one like that. That's that fear of yeah. being the only kid on the playground who yeah. no one wants to play with. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So and that how many times has that happened? <laughs> <laughs> it's happened. But what I had to tell myself mm-hmm. is it's still a good thing. Right. Because it just weeds out the people who are not supposed to be That's right. in my life. Right. Yeah. So I kind of had to embrace that yes. as rather than seeing it as a failure mm-hmm. of not being approved mm-hmm. as a fantastic opportunity for me to find a better match. I love it. I love it. And are you still still being true to living a joyful life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Irrespective of who's on the playground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I still true to the essence mm-hmm. of me? To what I want? To what you said? What's true for me? Yeah. You know? And you find, I find that by doing that, you actually find your true tribe. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Your they true tribe. Out. They come yes. out because you've kind of seeped through yes. the nonsense. Yes. Right. So your tribe has to be attracted to you as you. Yeah. So it's me or nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone doesn't have to be in your tribe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everyone doesn't have to be in your tribe. That's why there's so many different tribes. That's a good point. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no point losing sleep, losing energy. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be here Mm -hmm. because they also have to be true to their essence. Yeah. We gotta allow people. Yeah, that's true. Oh my gosh, this is so juicy. Um, okay, so I know. I think I already asked the question, but is what does it mean to be comfortable being uncomfortable? What does it mean to you to be hmm. to be comfortable being uncomfortable? So during my and I still go through it during my um, inner work time. That first three months of um, my one year um, of certification. You know, I'm, I'm facing this peeling the layers, asking myself these tough questions. I'm facing some truths about myself, some learnings about myself or just learning how I process, you know, who I am. And it is uncomfortable because for however many years I've been one way and now I'm seeing this. It's uncomfortable. It can be very scary. But the the being comfortable is the commitment to what comes after the fact. It's that commitment to, I know I'm on a journey. And I know something great is on the other side of it. Um, so that's, for me, that's what it is. It's, it's knowing this is temporary. Sure, it's, you know, I want to grow. I mean, it's like you want to grow. If you're growing out of your shoes, it's, it starts to hurt a little bit until you change them. It's growing pains. You know, does that make sense? Yes, it's, that makes you know, sense. It's growing pains, it's, but it's being committed to that and having a knowing and confidence that this is temporary and something magical and expensive is at the end of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think well, we've talked about this uh, briefly before about um, how do I know if it's something magical at the end of it or if it's, ah, this is uncomfortable, you should run. Mm -hmm. And 
I think it goes back to what you said about what's true for me. There's this deep, for me, there's this deep sense of peace, even though I'm uncomfortable. So for example, Ted, the, Ted, the TEDx talk, as soon as the email came out and says, hey, you know, apply for this TEDx, I had this, my heart, my being spoke to me. This is you. You're going to have to, but I, sh- I just shut down the email. I said, no way, I'm not ready. Oh my God, no, 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 no. That was totally uncomfortable. I'm not speaking in front of a hundred people live. Are you kidding me? And it's going to be it's live stream to all of the offices in New York, New Jersey. No way. I was totally uncomfortable. And you could see it. My palms started to get sweaty. I got up from my desk because I was uncomfortable. But I knew there was a deep knowing that says, that's you. That's where you ought to be. So when I eventually got to filling out the application and whatnot, it was uncomfortable. I felt it. But again, I knew there was something at the end. There's a deep, deeper sense of peace underneath of it, you know, so that's what it is. And to your point of you want that intuition being still enough, being quiet enough to be able to hear that voice. I have to practice that. And that's also what kind of informs me that this is not a run from it issue. This is a just just stick through it. You're going to get through it, you know. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's. Being comfortable with the uncomfortable mm. for you to grow. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I love that because it resonates, that resonates so deeply with me because it's the way I feel about this podcast. Yeah. Right. This is, as I was telling you earlier, I'm so excited, but so scared at the same time. Yeah. And it's a scary excitement. I don't know if that's yeah. even a term. I don't, that's not a term, but that's it's the way a, I feel. It's yours. <laughs> okay. You. It Thank is you. yours. I claim it. <laughs> But it's that feeling, right, where there's just this deep knowing. And I've known for a while, like, this is a way that I've wanted to express myself. Yes. Um, I blogged. Um, I had the Pink Joy, yes. a blog that I did, and which was really a lifestyle blog. It was around beauty and fashion. Yeah. And I love that. That's a way that I express myself. Mm-hmm. But for a long time, I've wanted to go deeper. Yes. For a long time, I was tired of just being on the surface, mm-hmm. just on the surface of, let me just talk about the fashion. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to go deep Mm -hmm. into mindset, go deep into conversations, Mm -hmm. go deep into unpacking stuff and really getting and extrapolating lessons Mm -hmm. that I can use in my life Mm -hmm. or I can pass down to my children. So that's something that I've had a passion for. Um, And I felt like podcasting, which I'm so addicted to it. I have favorite podcasts, which I listen to on my long commute, my used to long commute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I've always had this deep knowing that I've wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And as life would have it, I lost my job. (laughs) And that has been, that was actually one of the best things that happened to me. Right. And I had this deep knowing, right. And as I was telling you where there was this idea of, I could have seen it as a failure. Mm -hmm. Oh, I could have seen it as something magical is about to happen. And I just knew, I still know in my heart of heart, I'm still seeing magic happen every day. It's not over. It's a journey, but I'm really excited about what is about to unfold because even the little things that are unfolding Mm -hmm. have been so magical. And um, talking about failure is also something that I've always wanted to talk about. Because I think we focus on success all the time. Mm -hmm. We talk about the five tools to success, the, you know, the magic number or the magic, magic way or magic recipe Mm -hmm. on being a successful person. And we shy away from talking about failure. Mm -hmm. But the way I see it is that failure and success are the same coin. Yeah. They're just one side of the same. Yeah, they're the same coin. So for me, it's something I've always wanted to teach my children. And it's something I'm still teaching, like my daughter, my five-year-old daughter. Um, the other day, we were playing um, Snakes and Ladders, yeah. which she absolutely loves. And I love that idea of playing board games with her. Because for me, that's a way of teaching her the idea, which I always tell her. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Mm-hmm. It's not about winning. It's not about losing. It's about having fun. Yes. So there was one bit one game when we played and she lost and she started crying Mm -hmm. and I stepped away not stepped away I was there and I allowed her to cry and once she was done I then asked her I said why are you crying and she said well I don't want to fail 
I want to win. And I asked her, why? I don't know. It doesn't feel good to fail. I'm like, why? What do I tell you? Remember. Then she then said, I actually even forgot, but I wanted to see if what I've been saying has been resonating. And she said, well, it's not about winning or losing. It's about having fun. And I said, are you having fun playing with mommy? And she says, yes. I said, well, that's all that matters. So let's play again. Right? And... Wow. And we continue to play. Yeah. So that's one thing I want to truly instill in my children. Yeah. yeah. Because I just find that life is much sweeter mm-hmm. when you're able to, easier to navigate yeah. because you don't hold on to it. Yeah. It's just part of the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, ooh, you know, I, I, uh, I think about that. And I'm just like, you know, so many things in my head. One of the questions is, how does a five-year-old you know, already have this, I don't want to fail. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fail. And I see that with my nieces and nephews as well. I don't want to fail. I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. You know, where's this learning coming from? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I'm, I'm such a big advocate of building the inner child of our children. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like by the age we're in psychology, there's so many research studies that say by the age of five, six, their personalities are already structured. They're already there. They've already chosen their fears and whatnot. And I'm saying if they can choose or they know what their fears are at that age, they must know what freedom is at that age. Mm-hmm. They must know what joy, love, fun is at that age. So that they can bounce back and forth when they want, when they choose. Mm-hmm. They got to know we have to build them, build them up in such a way that they can tap into their essence mm-hmm. and not wait till they're 40 mm-hmm. to be able to tap into. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening. You know, that's what's happening. I feel, I mean, with our children these days. And it's, um, it's, it's a scary thought in our society because, you know, you do what you can in a house. And then they go to school for however many hours. Mm-hmm. They learn something else and they come back and you're saying, what, what are you what learning? Did I, what did I teach you? Exactly. What do you, yeah. And it, you're right. It still goes back to us just being more conscious yeah. about what they're learning. Yes. I'm constantly asking her, tell me about your day, right? What did you do that was fun? Yes. How did you fail? And that was a question I was telling you earlier. Um, I read a book called Conscious Parenting, which yeah. absolutely changed the way I saw parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a question that was prompted, like she had asked, the author, the author had mentioned on how every day mm-hmm. she would ask her child that question, how did you fail? Right? So it makes them feel comfortable with failing. Yeah, yeah. It makes them there isn't this taboo yeah. about around failing for them. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it also would mean that they're trying stuff outside of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because if they're in their comfort zone, most likely they're not quote unquote failing. But if they're doing something outside of that comfort zone, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe they might experience this thing called failure. Mm-hmm. However, in that is growth. Because we want them constantly operating outside of the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. We want that larger and larger every day. Mm-hmm. You know? I love that. I love that. Um, which is actually prompting a question. Because you, when you say comfort zone, mm-hmm. right? And I think I hear we hear it all the time mm-hmm. where our bosses <coughs> particularly say, well, you need to stretch. We yes. need to stretch you. Yes. And I also find that you're being stretched some situations you're being stretched Mm -hmm. and it feels tense. Mm -hmm. It feels like stress Mm -hmm. versus I think it's the idea of, of should it feel hard Mm -hmm. or not? Mm -hmm. Right. Because I'm also really intrigued of this, the way that I feel nature is that there should be this ease and flow. I feel the way the ocean moves, the ocean moves with grace. It goes, there ebbs and flows with the ocean, Mm -hmm. right? You could say ups and downs, but it moves with grace versus pressure, versus force, versus stress. So it's how do we know the difference Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. between the ease of, you know, the ebbs and flow and the stress. Yeah, yeah. I love that. 
So my TEDx talk was about actually the comfort zone. And um, it's actually a tool that uh, I learned at the Fearless Living Institute and where your comfort zone is life as it is right now. It's what you do right now that's comfortable for you, you know. Um, whatever that is, whether it's in your personal life, your finances, relationships, whatever. Maybe you're the one that when someone does something, you immediately apologize. That's your comfort zone. You know, you're always apologizing or vice versa. Maybe you're one that you can never apologize. That's your comfort zone, you know. And then the next zone is that stretch zone. And what happens is for you to move out of your comfort zone, fear kind of rears its head and says, what are you doing? We're comfortable here. If you start asking for an apology, they're going to know that you are blah. You're not going to be accepted. You're not going to be approved. And that's that stretch zone. It's you kind of making a decision irrespective of the fear, doing it anyway in spite of fear. So, and it's the stretch zone in this tool is kind of defined as, or it contains the things that you know you can do. You're just not doing them. You know, they're not hard. You know, you can do them. You're just, you know, for whatever reason, you, you just, you're just not doing it. And it's constantly taking something from that area, doing it to expand your comfort zone, to expand your comfort zone. And that's how you actually build confidence because in that stretch zone is where you build your self-esteem. It's also where you beat yourself up the most because you know you can do it. You just choose not to. You know, does that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. And I hear, um, because you say taking that step, Mm -hmm. which I'm also assuming that it's also taking one step at a time because I think a lot of times what holds us back is we see the goal or what we're trying to attain yes. and it feels so grand. Yes. So if you could even expand yeah. further on that is how do we, how do we feel okay? Or how do we stay okay with taking steps, yeah. baby steps, yeah. little steps? Yeah. I love that. And that's why this tool actually is so powerful <clears throat> because it's a, it's a matter of taking that goal and breaking it down. And this is also why a lot of people start a, they, it's a new year. I'm putting up a resolution. And then by January 12th, uh, they're like, I can't, I can't do this anymore to your point because it's so grand. It's so grand. So what you want to do is break this down. So you have a goal, a master goal, break it down into sub goals, so to speak, or steps and then plot them. What's in my comfort zone with regard to this place I want to reach, this goal I want to get. Then what's, what are things that I know I can do that I'm not doing in order to reach this goal that I'm talking about? Mm. Plot out a couple of those. So comfort zone, you can plot out three things. That stretch zone, you can plot out another three things. Then you have the next zone, which we call the risk zone. The risk zone contains the things that are, they're difficult. It's scary. I'm not sure I can do it. It might fail. It might work. I don't, I don't even know if I know how to do it. What is it that's there? Three or two things in order for you to reach that master goal. Then you have the last um, zone, which is called the die zone. Yeah. And that die zone is that thing where they tell you to, and you're like, where's the exit? You guys are crazy in order for you to reach that goal. So what you're going to start doing is just taking on things in the stretch zone only. Forget about the die zone and the risk zone. They're so far out of your comfort zone. Fear is not even going to allow you. So you take on things in your stretch zone. Now, fear is going to rear its head because you are venturing out of your comfort zone. But you know there are things you can do. So you take that step. Take on something in your stretch and you do it. And one of the keys that I mentioned in the TEDx talk is that once you take something in your stretch zone and you do it, you must, must acknowledge yourself. You must pat yourself on the back for taking on a stretch, for basically stepping out of your comfort zone. It's key. You have to acknowledge yourself. Not for how well you did, by the way. 
but for taking a step out of your comfort mm. zone. Because what begins happening is once you start taking more and more stretches, when once you map this thing out again and you say this goal, this same master goal, what's in my comfort zone? All of a sudden, your comfort zone kind of includes those things that were in your stretch zone. Because now you've been doing it. Now, what's in your risk zone kind of it seems to be what was in your die zone last time you did this exercise. You have now a whole new completely die, new die zone. So this is how you tackle those big grand goals. And it's all about the baby steps. You can't cover a thousand miles like that. It's one step at a time. Hey, it's one breath at a time. I don't take three breaths at a time. Do you? No. I don't know anybody. That <laughs> so it's one breath at a time. It's one step at a time. Mm-hmm. You know? Wow. That is profound. It really is. Um, it stretches my mind um, because it, it's true. It's once we're able, and I love what you said about you're not acknowledging yourself mm-hmm. for how, how well you did. Mm-hmm. You're acknowledging yourself for the step you took. Yes. Yes. Because we get lost mm-hmm. in, because I feel if you're able to pat yourself in the, and you should always pat yourself in that, but we get lost in, oh, I did good. I did good. Yes. Still back to this yes. definition of good and bad. Yeah. Versus being proud of yourself that I took that step. So if I took this step, then I can take the other and I can take the other and I can take the other. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm part of um, a fitness uh, challenge and we have a group and uh, someone after a few weeks, someone uh, posted and said, I'm at the end of my week and I've lost 32 pounds. But my goal was to lose 40 pounds. I can't believe this. It's been six weeks and this isn't happening and just kind of went berserk about this. It's only 32 pounds. This sucks. You know, I'd never do this. I'd never make it. It's such a failure. And everyone kept saying, you've lost 32 pounds. So this person, until he or she is able to move out of that, I lost only 32 pounds. The eight, the rest of the pounds is not, it's not going anywhere. If anything, he might even pack up some more pounds because they can't seem to pat themselves on the back for the work they did, you know, mm-hmm. for the work they did, which is so key. We're waiting constantly. We're waiting for external validation. We're waiting for someone to say, hey, doing a good job. I could look at myself and say, you know what, Missy, I acknowledge myself for doing this. I acknowledge myself for taking that step. There's internal validation as well. That is so true. Yeah. That is so true. Is why can't we validate ourselves? Like, why do we need someone else to tell us we did a good job? Yeah. Yeah. I love what Lisa Nichols says. She says, I love Lisa Nichols. She says, I post something on Facebook. I like myself first before I wait for somebody else to like me. Mm-hmm. Hey. I'm telling you. And it's this, <laughs> it's, that's so profound because even growing up, you would find people who say, well, I'm not going to buy that fragrance. Or I'm not going to buy that perfume or that dress or that bag. I'm waiting for a man or I'm waiting for yeah. someone to buy that for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. I can't go to the movies on my own, even yeah. though I want to watch that movie. Yeah. So I'm going to wait for someone to go with me. Yeah. When, if I want to watch the movie, I'm going to go and watch the movie by myself. Yeah. Why can't I watch it by myself? Why can't I love myself? Yeah. I, it touches on something which I love that you're doing is really helping us talk more about self-love. Yes. Talk about, so what does self-love mean to you? And I know it ties into helping you find the joy of failure, but what does it mean to you? And how do you think it ties into that? Oh gosh, self-love is so, it's for me, it's such a huge umbrella. You know, when I mention self-love to a few people, I hear, Oh yeah, I get massages and manicure and for me it's that's a piece of self-care. Self-love as we talked about earlier on is being able to have compassion for myself. Being willing to give myself a break. I mean, I'm not letting myself off the hook, mm-hmm. but I'm giving myself a break. Mm-hmm. You know, self-love is being able to validate myself irrespective of anyone else. 
Self-love is giving myself, knowing who I am and respecting and accepting who I am for what I am, knowing I'm a gift and being willing to share that gift with other people. And in knowing, because there's this, you know, sometimes we have, uh, yeah, I, I think I might have this, I think I might have, but there's a deeper knowing and understanding that I have something. I mean something. I'm a gift to the world. Like everyone else is. You know, today in my Facebook group, I actually posted something to the effect of who would you be if you, if you trusted in yourself or if you released the doubt? Who would you be if you believed in yourself as much as you believed in those people that you compare yourself to? Mm. Preach, sister. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> That's powerful. Yeah, because we powerful. are constantly comparing ourselves to other people and say, oh, look at her. She has that many followers or she did this. She launched a podcast or she did... What if you believed in, she could do this, she could do this. What if you believed you could? What if you were generous with yourself? Self-love. What if you could gift yourself that compassion that you're giving someone else saying, oh, well, they can do this because they have that tool. Or they, they had a hard time so that. What if you can gift that to mm -hmm. yourself? Who would you be? What could you do? So that's for me, that's self-love. Being able to look at yourself in the mirror and accept what you see, who you see. And I'm talking beyond the contours and the mascaras and everything. Can you look at her in that mirror with her history, with the flaws, with the mold that she's trying to fit in, with the mold that she's just broken, with the mold that she's trying to create? Can you just love on her? For me, that's self-love. Mm. And when you tap into that, it doesn't matter anymore. I mean, I remember as minute as being in meetings at work. You know, I'd be there and nervous. They may ask me this. They may ask me that. I may give them the wrong answer. And today, it doesn't, those thoughts don't even occur to me. And I'm comfortable. I'm super comfortable and very also comfortable saying, I'm not sure, actually. It's a very good question. We can talk about it after this meeting. Or I'll go find out. Just giving myself that break that I don't know it right now and I don't have to lay in that pressure. Just letting that pressure go. So for me, that's all part of self-love. Self-acceptance, self-belief, generosity to myself, being accountable to myself, being honest with myself, caring for me, including me in the conversation. Because a lot of times we don't. And as women, as parents, we are busy. I mean, naturally, we're nurturers. We're taking care of everyone, taking care of everyone. We need to include ourselves in that conversation. So that's self-love for me. I so resonate with that. So resonate with that. Because I also, I truly believe, same as you, that we have to fill our cup first. Yes. Before we can feel, before we can be of value or use yes. of service to anyone else. Yeah. Right? Um and I don't think it's about looking at the glass half full or half empty. I think it's about giving people the spillover. Yes. Yeah. Not what we lack. Like, because if, if I don't have it, I can't give you. Mm. Indeed. And that's, it's still back to compassion, right? Yeah. I can't be compassionate to you if I'm not compassionate to myself. Yeah. So for me to be a better human being, a better person, mm -hmm. I need to be compassionate to myself yes. so I understand how to give that compassion because yes. I don't have that yes. and I don't feel depleted when I give you that compassion Absolutely. I don't feel well and I think we tend to do this where it's this idea of tit for tat mm -hmm. well I did this for you so do this for me yes. I called you and you don't call me yeah. 
I do this and you don't do this. And we're still looking for that validation from that. But it's this idea of giving and just being of service without expecting anything in return. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do that if your cup is full. Yes, if your cup is full. If you fill your cup for yourself. You don't need anyone to fill that cup for you. Fill that for yourself. If anyone does give you, it's a plus. Yes. But it's not you. It doesn't define you. Yes. And um, something that brought up for me is, and I think it's a a way for me, the way I think of failure. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's still back to definitions. I think definitions are huge. Mm -hmm. How we define definitions, how we define success, how we define failure, how do we define everything? Language is so powerful Mm -hmm. and is so key because that drives our mindset, that drives our feelings, that drives our emotions. So I truly think it's key. And one thing I've found is this idea of, I think when we think of failure and why we're so resistant to failure is when we identify with failure Mm -hmm. in the sense of we say, I am a failure Mm -hmm. instead of I failed. Mm -hmm. Those are two different things. Mm -hmm. Because if I say I am a failure, I am taking it on. Yeah. I am basically saying as a human being, yeah. I am a failure, even though the truth is I just messed up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't define me as a human being. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing with our success. And I think that's why I loved about you saying, not acknowledging you did good or bad. Yeah. Because me, and I think it's something I started learning. And even at work, I wouldn't identify myself as my title. Yeah. When people ask me, who are you? Are you? I say, I'm Joy. <laughs> I am joy. I love that. Right? Versus yes. saying, I am XYZ. Yes. Because for me, and I found it easier to not identify with those labels. Yes. Because when you lose those labels, you're still who you are. Yeah. Yes. Right? Because to your point, when you identify with those labels, what's left when they're gone? Mm-hmm. What's left? And people get lost like this. Mm-hmm. People, I mean, I've, I've, I've um, had uh, someone, uh, someone that I've worked with who was in the corporate world for years, and there was a layoff, got laid off, but she was so wrapped in the, in her title and her work, bouncing back, was such an ordeal for her. She could not identify with anything, and she was a mother. She could hardly even identify with being a mother because it was all about her success at the job. And now it was gone. So not only was she feeling like a failure, she was angry, deeply angered at the, com- the company and what's going on. And it, as you know, it affects every area of your life. Before you know, your parenting is going down the tubes. Your marriage is going down the tubes. It just because it, it's that's all you. So yeah, when you did, when you let those titles define you, that's it. When they're gone, what's left? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like to ask um, my clients, who are you? Who are you really? Who are you really? Let's, let's get deeper. And we don't, you you ask people, who who are you? And they just kind of CEO of this. Yeah. Well, why are you asking me that question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to feel that on you. No, I don't want to go there. Yeah. I don't want to put myself out there. Yes. I don't want people knowing my business. Yes. But we just asked you who you are. Who you are. Yeah. And only if they know that they're a gift to the world, they would, everyone would want to share it. Mm-hmm. This is why it's important to get to know you. Get to know you. To get to know you is to get to love you. And, you know, and then you can start unfolding from there. Yeah. Love you for everything. Your quirks and all. Your weirdness. Yeah. Everything. It's what makes you you. And it's only you, huh? Mm -hmm. There's You have no replica, which is also why you can't be fitting into a mold. What's a mold? A mold is when you need to create... Uh, the same earrings over and over and over again. When you need to create the same bottle over and over again, you have no replica. Therefore, you need not fit into a mold. It's just you. You're one of one. Hmm. Period. 
No one like you. No one. So share it. Mm. Ah, that's so powerful. So, so powerful. <laughs> I know you have another talk soon. <laughs> But this has been a blast, yes. like seriously a blast. And I thought that was a perfect ending to yes. a wonderful conversation and many more to come. Yes, so thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. And congratulations. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yes, I am too. I am too. For you. I'm so excited for you. Oh, I'm yes. so thankful. So where can we follow you? Where can we reach out? How can we reach out to you? How can we get to know you more? Sure. So I have a Facebook group. It's called, you can go to www.fearlessprofessionalwomen.com. Um, you can join uh, that group. And my website is atokelifesprings.com. That's A-T-O-K-E, lifesprings.com. And I'm on social media, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and it's Atoke Lifesprings. Okay. And I am out there. Oh, you have to follow her, you guys. She's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Such an amazing human being. And I'm yeah. so, so fortunate to know you and call you as part of my tribe. Yes, definitely. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, everyone, have a nice one. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And for more juicy bits that I don't share on the podcast, come over to the website at thejoyinfailure.com. You can also follow me on Instagram or Twitter at joyogunea, which is spelt J-O-Y-O-G-U-N-N-E-Y-E. Until next time, live joyfully no matter what.